From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Stay tuned after the show for a brief announcement. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. This week, my co-host will be Maddie McLean. Hello. And Sean Jackman. Hey there. And we're going to be talking about a little oxymoron called Multiplayer Solitaire. A solitaire game is a game you play by yourself, nobody else there. So how can a game be multiplayer solitaire? Well, I'll tell you. It's a game where I play my game over here, and you play your game over there, and he plays his game over there, and she plays her game over there, and none of us really do anything to each other or with each other or about each other. We all just sort of separately play, and whoever plays best wins. Every European game. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a low blow, but not entirely unfounded. We're going to talk about Euro games and multiplayer solitaire during this episode at some point. Uh, Sean, Maddie, how do you feel about this kind of game? I, I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the games that I'm thinking about for, for multiplayer solitaire, I mean, are some of my favorite games. Uh, You're a big Dominion fan. Uh, absolutely. But I mean, even Boggle uh, or, sure. you know, Yahtzee or, or those sorts of games as well. I, I think as long as you're aware of it and can just enjoy the game, you know, like, sometimes it's just the structure of the game itself that makes it fun, and you trying to perform within that structure better than somebody else on any given uh, round. The thing that you're doing is, is fun, Yeah. so uh, if you do it better than somebody else, that's sure. also fun. Yeah, why not? All right. I think my big thing is I don't not enjoy them, but I find that they are, I know it sounds a bit, you know, contradictory, but I... I I can get into them, but I usually find them instantly forgettable. I don't remember uh, the experience. I don't remember the... Yeah. For me, a lot of the fun with gaming comes with outsmarting people, backstabbing people. I don't backstab people. There's something, <laughs> something wrong with that. But I'm into face-stabbing myself, but I oh, see the appeal. Yeah. But, but in a situation like, uh, like Boggle, for example, if we're playing Boggle and I find a word that you don't find, it, it's kind of like you know outsmarting the other player because we're there with the same starting position the same starting opportunities and you know at the end if you if you do end up performing better then or or even if you don't perform better but just like that kind of attempt to perform better is kind of the fun for me for the benefit of our audience who haven't actually played boggle it's basically a word search game you got a bunch of dice with letters on them you roll them and you get this grid this four by four grid of little letters and everybody has three minutes you look the hourglass you have three minutes to find as many words as you can in this mess of letters and uh, whoever finds the most wins. So we assume that they know Eurogame, but not Bob. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we've done episodes about Eurogames. <laughs> right, right. We totally have. But, um, so yeah, there's actually quite a few popular games that are like this. You mentioned Yahtzee. Yep, And absolutely. I'm rolling my dice over here, yep. and it doesn't do anything to you. Uh, Snakes and Ladders is very much a multiplayer solitaire game, a game of life. Um, in some ways, Battleship is a multiplayer solitaire game. Because, I mean, on the one hand, I do get to set up the targets, but once that's done, yeah. I can't do anything about them while you're shooting at them, and same mm. uh, for the reverse. It's kind of like uh, uh, two players both playing Mastermind at the same time. Right, yeah. Where, like, yeah. Uh, I, I made up the code, but you're trying to figure it out. Right, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and then there are other popular uh, games like Scattergories, for example, similar to Boggle. I mean, if I think of a word that you didn't, then it's right. going to go okay for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty much all trivia games. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, there's very little, you know, things you can do to somebody else besides ask the question in a trivia game and hope they don't get it right. <laughs> well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of in trivia games that's just roll the dice, move forward, ask the question. Yeah, and if you know the answer, then you're good. You get to keep going. Yeah. But uh, it means that there's no interaction. It means that it's, it's a multiplayer solitaire experience. Uh, what I do doesn't affect you. What you do doesn't affect me. And again, 
there, there might be that moment where I knew the answer to a question that you didn't know, and that could perhaps... It's still not exactly interaction. I mean, it's still a solitaire thing, but... Right. Yeah. What would attract somebody to games like this instead of uh, other popular games that have more interaction with them, like Monopoly or Clue or Risk? I think there's a certain kind of appeal to playing against yourself, if that makes sense. Like, playing something for your own challenge rather than to compete with everyone else. Yep. I, I also think that people sometimes uh, shy away from, like, direct conflict in games, you know? It can be hurt feelings. Right? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, just, just playing a game where, again, you, you are just trying to do the best performance you can do without, you know, like you say, like any hurt feelings or any direct sort of damage you can play on, on somebody else is, is appealing. And especially for the sort of uh, more casual game player who would, uh, whose experience would mostly consist of playing these more commonly known sorts of games, the more popular sort of mainstream sort of games as opposed to this new indie uh, stuff that, uh, that we the game gurus, the elite, right. like ourselves. Right, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the more gamery games in this category actually have kind of a stigma attached to them. Uh, some of the, uh, the, the more commonly if you're going to talk about something that's genuine multiplayer solitaire where nothing I do affects you, there's stuff like Fitz or Ubongo Duel, where you each have a puzzle you're trying to solve as fast as you right. can, and whoever does it first scores, or that take game it easy. Hates me. <laughs> How much does it hate you? Me and my roommate sat there, and we tried to figure this game out for like 10 minutes, and I'm 90% sure that there was no solution for the pieces we drew. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you there actually was a solution for it. It's... I'm sure there was somewhere, but it was just not happening. The joke I always <laughs> use in that game is that you don't actually have to be faster than... You don't actually have to be fast. You just have to be a little faster than the other player. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, the joke about the bear in the woods and the, you know, one person tying on their running shoes and the other one saying, what are you doing tying your shoes on? You can't outrun a bear. It's like, I don't have to outrun the bear, just you. <laughs> but uh, even some, um, some more heavy stuff, I mean, th those ones, stuff like Fitz and Abongo Duel, those are sort of very simple abstract games. But even more narrative stuff like Tales of the Arabian Nights, for example. But isn't that one more of a player interaction? Because there is that Not element. Really, of... there's there's a teeny little bit, but for the most part, I go off into the lands and I have my adventure, and you go off mm. into the lands and have your adventure, and nothing I do can really affect you, uh, except sort of the well. Okay, uh, last time I played Tales, Tales of the Arabian Nights, um, my character went insane, <laughs> and uh, yeah, drew a card that says you are now insane, and um, so art imitates life. Well, kind of, a little bit, sort of, except uh, this is a different sort of insanity from what I usually deal with, <laughs> uh, because the rule for this is that if you are insane, then as long as you have that status, the other players get to decide what you're going to do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I, I find a beast in, uh, in, in the woods or something, and uh, the other player says, okay, so you're going to taunt it. Oh my God. Right, of course, I'm going to taunt it. That is or, what uh, you, you meet a sultan, you're going to try to rob him. Of course I'm going to try to rob him. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit of interaction there, but uh, it's, it's not really part of the major course of the game. Yeah. But uh, the, the real, uh, you know, sort of uh, gamery, hardcore sort of games that tend to be accused of this are games like Dominion, Race for the Galaxy, Puerto Rico, Lost Cities, Euro-style games, games where it's very much a question of, can I do that thing better than you? Yeah. I, I you know, I, I never get that claim about Puerto Rico. I, I think it, I think it's relevant for, for some of the Euro games there, but Puerto Rico, I feel like, is so dependent of, of the other players. And I mean, the only, the only thing I can do uh, that's going to affect another player is maybe buy a building that they want to buy or choose a role that is going to affect them. 
Um, but I mean, when I choose the captain, can make a huge difference to you. Um, so I, I feel like there is. I mean, you can you can aggressively choose certain roles in that game that are going to, you know, not be the best role for somebody else, or not the best timing for somebody else. So, I mean, I at least for Puerto Rico, I feel like it, it's so dependent on the other players. Uh, but I know a lot of the Euro games that I'm used to playing uh, with some of my friends. They all tend to focus on you know your own skill tree, your own thing. Like I'm thinking of innovation. And uh, I can't remember what it is, but there's like timelines in it, and you have to try to get stuff better than other people. But again, that describes almost every Euro game. So, <laughs> like, there, there are all these games that require that element, and as much as I enjoy them in the moment, as soon as I'm finished them, I forget them. And for me, that's a big. There's a sort of a sense for uh, a lot, not obviously not everybody, there's most Euro fans will, uh, will, will, will disavow this quite vociferously. <laughs> but there's a sense that these are not real games because they don't involve interaction. What do you say to that? I'd say they're still games, but for me, they're not overly enjoyable games. <laughs> I, you know, well, obviously I totally disagree with that. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a claim and that's fine, but I, I think that's. I think that, I mean, whatever people are going to enjoy is, is the thing. And certainly certainly a game that doesn't have a lot of interaction is a different style of game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it might not be what everybody's looking for. Some people look to play games um, to, to have that real forced interaction of, like, meeting each other up or stealing money from each other or, you know, putting the robber on you, you know? But uh, at other times, uh, people will, will go into a game to, to see how they can best solve the puzzle of the game, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I, I never feel like, even, even a game that is, you know, more or less uh, solitaire, I feel like I have to keep my eye on the other player. I have to adjust to the way they're playing. I mean, Race for the Galaxy is a perfect example. Absolutely. I'm deciding what I have to do with it, what, what is going to be the best role for me to select. But I'm also looking at my opponent and trying to think what they're going to select and what might, how that might affect my decision uh, of what role to select. Um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, some people go into this expecting one thing, some people go mm -hmm. into this expecting something else. And it really comes down to what are you looking for out of a game in particular. Now, what are your expectations? I mean, yeah. saying that this is not a real game is kind of like saying to somebody, you're not a real man or you're not a real woman. <laughs> It's, it's based entirely on your own ideas yeah. of what that means and has nothing to do with the person who you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, player interaction is great. I love player interaction in games, but I, 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 get, I get a lot of pleasure from just kind of like sitting down to a complex, like, you know, Euro style or not, uh, game and trying to solve that puzzle, trying to optimize uh, my my actions or my money or whatever it's going to be for that round. Yeah. It's, it's a fun exercise. It's, uh, it almost reminds me of uh, the sort of relaxation and flow state that you get from certain computer games like SimCity. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. So you're yeah. building something and watching it grow and saying, ah, I'm doing my thing. It's yeah. cool. But you get, to, you get to share that experience with the other people at the table. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, what are your thoughts on recommending these kinds of games to customers at Snake? So, what, are there any sort of signs you can find that you, you want to sort of uh, avoid the multiplayer solitaire thing or maybe really go for something where people won't have to get in each other's faces very much? I think it depends on whether or not they're there to compete or whether or not they're there to converse. Yeah. Like you get the people who come in and they want to have very conversational games. You get the people who want to stare at a game for 
long periods of time and then go from there. So would you say the conversational games are the ones you want uh, for more interactive types and the, uh, the, the, the more quiet, con con contemplative ones are the ones where you want them to focus on the game and try to play it better than the other players? I would say that's probably one of them. That's what I'm going for. I, 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 could see, I could sort of see it going either way. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say the exact opposite. Who, uh, I mean, it's, it's true, you know, you want to compete, but uh, I, I can tell you a lot of the most competitive game players I know are Euro players. Yeah. And they <laughs> hate interactive games because it means that it's, it's not pure anymore. It's because these yeah. two players who aren't as good as me can gang up on me and make sure. me lose. Yeah. Well, that's it, not fair. If you think, like, I mean, if you think about conversational games and, mm. and what will, will, you know, promote conversation, I find, like, the games with the most interaction tend to force the conversation to be about the game. For like, sure. if you if you mm. think about, you know, the Settlers of Catan, uh, most of your conversations are going to be uh, throwing somebody else under the bus for having eight points or, like, don't on, Give me that wool. Give person. me that wool. Yeah, I'll exactly. give you two or give me the exactly. wool. Or don't put the robber on me. I don't have any points. Come on! <laughs> you know, like, that sort of thing. And, and, Less so, you're going to talk about you know your day, um, whereas whereas games that uh, you know you, you can sort of focus on your own thing, but when it's not your turn, it can you can have that sort of conversation. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this little glimpse into the mind of uh, minds of gurus as they're trying to sort of get a sense of what to bring to the table for you at any given evening. See you next time at Snakes and Lattes. I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Matty McLean and Scott Jack. Game on. Are you a Ticket to Ride player? Snakes and Lattes is holding our Ticket to Ride tournament on Monday, March 3rd. Have some fun playing the fastest selling hobby game in the world, win prizes, and even qualify for a seat at the North American Ticket to Ride Championships at Gen Con this summer. Get your tickets at snakesandlattes.com events. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.